0: And if not anything else, I just want to encourage you, because I believe because God is the the gardener and Jesus is the true vine and we're the branches and God gets glory that we bear fruit and if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus you know that you want to be fruitful I want to encourage you to give yourself grace in the pruning process because pruning hurts it's not fun
1: it's not easy but it's purposeful If you're spinning your wheels for things that have no eternal value, then you know spiritual frustration. Everything you've made or saved, all those things go away when you die. Jesus was explicit that we should lay up treasures in heaven. Today, Pastor Daniel explains how Jesus is the source of all things that matter in eternity. A person has to abide in him, or like a branch that falls from the tree, the spirit withers and dies along with the body. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part two of his message entitled, I Am the Vibe.
0: See, the fruit that is born in our life, it gives God glory and it blesses the people around us. And discipleship is seen as we bear much fruit. Now, look at what it says here. And there's a lot here. It says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, in verse 2, that it may bear more fruit. Now, scholars argue whether when a branch does not bear fruit, he takes it away, literally means he cuts it off, or some translations have it means, or he lifts it up, props it up so it'd be closer so it could bear more fruit. And you could take it either way because we're going to see here that when there's, there is some dead wood that needs to be cut away. So I don't want to diminish it. But what he's saying here is that fruitfulness is so important that if something doesn't bear fruit, he either cuts it away or he lifts it up so that it may bear fruit. But notice, but every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, this is what I want to tell you. The problem with fruitfulness is that oftentimes fruitfulness hurts more because pruning hurts. I just did it today. I knew I was going to study this. You know, we moved into our house. We planted some privacy trees. I'm not really, I don't have a green thumb at all. I don't have one at all. So I was talking to the people about this. I said, listen, we just planted some at the the beginning of the season. Listen, in October, end of October, I want you to cut a foot off the top because what will happen is it will grow up and it will grow out. It will be perfect. So I was out there, and I had my little clippers, and I was walking through, and I was clipping all these things, and I was thinking about this verse, because what it says is that if God, if you're being fruitful in your life, God's going to cut some things out, because God knows that if he cuts off one piece, two shoots will grow in its spot. But pruning hurts, doesn't it? I am sure that there are many of you here right now that you love God, and God is doing a great work in your life, and because he's doing a great work in your life, he's doing a little pruning right now. But you know what the problem with pruning is? It hurts. You're getting cut, so to speak. You are losing things that you really wanted. Except the problem is, the branches don't understand what the gardener is doing. Those privacy trees that I was cutting today, literally knowing I had to do it, knowing I was teaching this text, they didn't know what I was doing. They probably just like, ow, if they could talk to me like, hey, Fusco, what are you doing? I'm growing here. This is good. I'm way taller than I was when you planted me. I'm way wider. I'm pushing out. I'm growing up. But they don't realize that I know that if I cut a foot off the top, that it's going to get taller. It's going to be twice as tall next year, and it's going to fill out. So, my friend, listen, I know that pruning hurts, and if you're in a pruning season, you have to realize God is the gardener, and he knows that if he cuts strategically in your life, that you will be more fruitful. That's what he says, right? Verse two, it's as clear as day. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Do you see this perspective that Jesus gives us when he says, listen, don't worry. If you're getting pruned, it's because God's going to bear more fruit. And why does God bear more fruit in your life? Because by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And God is a master. He is a master gardener. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows why he's doing it. Now, notice this, verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. I believe verse 3 is there for a reason, because God's word is like a scalpel in the heart. When was the last time you went back to God's word afresh and reevaluated your life? When was the last time you said, my view of money, my view of entertainment, my view of my possessions, my view of myself, I'm going to come back and say, God, how does my life line up to this thing? Because you know what happens when you do that? God's word, it's like a laser, isn't it? That's what it says in the book of Hebrews, right? That it goes down to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, Listen, no scientist can divide the division in the human consciousness between soul and spirit, but God's word does that. See, we have to come back and say, God, my life, I want you to prune based on your word. Because God loves us enough, as I like to say, to keep us the way that we are. He accepts us just as we are, but he loves us too much to keep us this way. And he wants to bear precious fruit in our lives, but God's ways of bearing fruit and our ways we want God to bear fruit don't always line up because our ideas is, Lord, just give me more, more, more. Don't take anything away. I want ease and comfort, and I just want it to be simple. And God's like, listen, if you're bearing fruit, I'm going to start pruning some things away because I know because you're bearing fruit, if I prune, you're going to bear more fruit. But how many times we're saying, God, I want to grow. And then he starts doing things so that we grow. And we start getting mad at God for growing us. I said this before. As a pastor, people say, Pastor Daniel, can you pray that God will make me humble? You know what I always say? I'm like, are you sure you want to pray for that? Because you know what happens when someone says, Lord, humble me? Humbling is nasty business. It's never fun, Right? Because all of a sudden you realize, I did this wrong, I did this wrong, I got all this, and all of a sudden everything's crashing down, and you're like, oh, no, what's happening? It's like, no, this is the answer to your prayer. Praise God. <laughs> and then a believer shows up and says, oh, listen, listen, it's okay, because all things work together for good, and you want to knock them out, right? It's like, and then you feel worse because you're like, what's wrong with me? Quoted me a Bible verse, I slapped him in the head. Or maybe you didn't, but you're like, remember that TV show, Allie McBeal, where they did these cutaways and she'd be doing karate on somebody? She wasn't really in her brain, she was doing, never mind. Some of us are like that, you know, you don't really hit them, but in your brain, you're like, oh man, it'd be so good just to end them. (laughs) See, my friends, listen, bearing fruit, glorifies God, and it's a blessing to people, but fruit-bearing, there's a price to pay for it. And if not anything else, I just want to encourage you, because I believe because God is the, the gardener, and Jesus is the true vine, and we're the branches, and God gets glory that we bear fruit, and if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, you know that you want to be fruitful. I want to encourage you to give yourself grace in the pruning process. Because pruning hurts. It's not fun. It's not easy. But it's purposeful. And for many of us today, we have to say, God, forgive me for being cranky while you are doing a beautiful work that I don't yet understand. Because if the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience see if you think about all the fruit of the spirit that you get in galatians chapter 5 what you realize is that all of those are the exact opposite of how we want to be when god is pruning us so that we bear fruit isn't that true nobody when they're getting pruned has patience right like just get this thing over with right now can we get back to the way things were before please But God is glorified this way. Maybe even right now where you are, just say, God, I trust you. Bear the fruit you want to bear in my life. And no matter what the circumstances are, God, bear the fruit you want to bear in my life. Lord, sure, take this away, Lord. But while this is here, bear the fruit you want to bear in my life through this. So that this isn't just another example of something I don't understand and don't like. But God, bear the fruit you want to bear in my life. Because that glorifies you. It will be a blessing to the world. And that's exactly how you want me to be. So notice. So God's the gardener. Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. He wants us to be fruitful. How does it happen? Now notice this. Verse 4. Abide in me. And I and you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless it abides in me. Verse five. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing. Verse six. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. And then verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So what do we learn? Abiding is key. Abiding is key. That word abide means to stay or to remain. The tree is the perfect picture, isn't it? The branch has no life in itself. All of its life comes from its connection to the trunk. And the same is true for you and I. In and of yourself and myself, there is no life in us. True, eternal and abundant life. It comes from being absolutely connected to the vine, to the trunk, to the tree. That's the key. Abiding is key. See, continued Production depends on constant union to the source of fruitfulness. My friend, you are not going to grow spiritually unless you are umbilically connected to Jesus. And you read all through your Bible, especially the New Testament, like the church in Galatia, who began in the spirit and then sought to be made perfect in the flesh. They started right and then they thought they could do it out based on their own works. See, abiding is the key. You got to stay connected to Jesus. See, if the life of a disciple is connected to Jesus, fruit will be inevitable. If you stay connected to Jesus, You will be fruitful because he is the source of all fruitfulness. Now, notice, abide in me and I in you, verse 4. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, verse 5. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. Now, what does nothing mean? It means nothing. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Now, someone's going to say, listen, okay, that's not true. I've done all sorts of stuff. Nothing that's going to abide into eternity. See, that's what the Bible teaches, that this life is not all there is. And you can do all sorts of stuff here, but when this life is past, and when everything is tried by fire, you're going to find out if you did anything of any value. And there's nothing worse than spinning your wheels for things that have no eternal value. And listen, many of us know what that's like. What good is it to die with a million bucks in the bank and never have helped anybody? What good is it to have died a tortured artist and the art just stays here? See, we have to put things in the proper perspective. And I'm not, I'm not diminishing someone's life dreams, but you have to ask yourself, what happens after my last breath? And what does this really do? What does it really do? And Jesus would say things like, don't lay up treasures for yourself on earth where moths can, moth and rust can destroy and thieves break in and steal. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. See, when Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. He's like, look, you can't do anything of eternal value unless you abide in me. Because I am the source of all things that remain into eternity. Notice what happens when we don't abide in verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. How many of us here right now are withered? There's no judgment. Because the thing is, is that if you're here and you're like, I'm totally withered, I'm not fruitful, I'm not abiding, I'm withered, all you have to do is say, Lord, can I come back? That's all you have to do. You just have to come on back, like the prodigal son who went off and took his father's blessings and he squandered it, and when he comes back, is the father like, yeah, listen, no, I already gave you what I wanted to give you, you're done, later, bro, good luck. Is that how the prodigal son's story goes? No, when the prodigal son decided to turn, when his father saw him on the hillside, and in the story, you can almost imagine that father always looking at that hillside, waiting for his son to return, and he sees his son coming up the hillside, and the father gets up, and in that culture, dads didn't run. It wasn't like dads were doing, you know, the the Spartan race and all this stuff. In that culture, it wasn't dignified for a guy to be all, you know, muddied up, doing an obstacle race or whatever. Dads didn't run in that culture. And so you have that father seeing his son, and he runs to him and he falls on him and he, it's like, yes, you're home. And what's funny is, is that the older brother gets mad at the dad for being so excited that his brother who, and you know the older brother, that's the religious people, right? Like when someone who is really horrible gets saved, they're like, oh, they're not really saved. As if God's grace isn't so radical and cool. We should rejoice when someone comes home. When someone strays away and they find their way back to their father, we should be like, man, right on. Our God is that kind of a guy. Doesn't matter how many times we screw up. He takes us back. But if you're here and you're withered, it's because you're not abiding. People ask me all the time, like, Pastor James, so what about eternal security? I'm like, look, I don't know all about that. I just know my Bible says abide. That's what my Bible tells me. And if I abide, I don't got anything to worry about because Jesus is the true vine. As long as I'm connected to him, I'm going to bear fruit. If I don't, I'm going to wither. So the theology of how all that works out, we'll let guys write big books and argue about it with five people standing there. Our job is just simply to abide in Jesus, stay connected to the Lord. He is the source of all fruitfulness and life and eternal life. And it's all right there in this guy named Jesus, the I am. So All those arguments are fun, and they have their place in our lives. But really, how eternal security does or doesn't work really has no bearing on are we abiding in Jesus or not. Because it is a choice. You say, look, I'm going to connect to Jesus today. Sure, it happens by grace, and we're sustained by grace, but it's still a decision that you make. I met lots of people who believed in kind of that classic fatalism of Christianity. And I watch those guys, they get all off in the garbage, marriages fall apart, they have perfect theology, but they're not like, dude, why don't you just abide in Jesus and do what he says? Abiding is key. Now, look at what happens in verses 9 and following. It says, as the Lord loved me, I have loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. If you are my friends, or you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants Pretty quick points. First, we need to experience God's love and joy. I get this from verses 9, 10, and 11. Look what it says. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and your joy may be full. Now, you notice where you get experience God's love and joy from, right? Verses 9 and 10 speaks of God's love. And then verse 11, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and your joy may be full. Notice this first, it's God's love, and then it's our love. It's God's joy, and then it's our joy. And I say experience God's love and joy. The medium for experiencing God's love and joy is what? Obedience. That's what it says. These things will happen if you keep my commandments and you abide in my love. See, the way to experience God's love and joy is to simply do the things that Jesus says. Because we are the branches, and he is the true vine, and the Father's the gardener, and he wants us to be fruitful, and we abide, and we experience God's love and his joy by simply doing what we're supposed to do. And then notice, verses 12 and following, we learn that the friends of God love one another. Friends of God love one another. This is my commandment, verse 12 that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, I don't know how to make it any more clear than Jesus just said it. His commandment, he just said, look, you'll experience God's love and joy if you keep my commandments. And then he says, this is my commandment. You notice that, right? He said, you want to experience God's love and joy? Love one another as I have loved you. Now, I say that because I realize that in this room right now, there are some of you who don't love each other. You don't. Something happened, maybe they took your special parking spot here in the church campus 29 years ago or something. They painted that wall that you wanted to paint in that pod or whatever. There's some of you, you're sitting next to your spouse, and you guys are going through rough stuff. It's garbage. There's water under the bridge. You're upset. You have old hurts. Maybe there's another believer who isn't here right now, but you're you can't just can't stand them. You just hope that God will just off them off the face of the earth. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Think about that. I want you to love people the way I loved you. And then he explains how he loved us. Verse 13 Greater love is no one than this, than that you lay down your life for his friends.
1: If the life of a disciple is connected to Jesus, there will be fruit. As we heard today, Jesus is the source of that fruit. Pastor Daniel exhorted us to stay connected to the Father and allow Him to determine the course of our lives as He knows best. God is doing some amazing things with Jesus Is Real Radio. It's our vision to see Jesus is real radio on more radio stations worldwide and to help change lives across the globe. You can help see this vision come to life by sending a gift of any amount to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington 98662. Again, to send a gift of any amount to Jesus is real radio, simply send your gift to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, vancouver washington 98662 jesus is real radio is the radio ministry of daniel fusco of crossroads community church the messages that you hear each day here on jesus is real radio were produced from messages that pastor daniel shared on sunday mornings and the midweek study it's our prayer that this teaching from god's word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with jesus christ place a marker in your bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel begins a new study as he teaches through the Word of God. We hope you have a new insight about who Jesus says He is through this series entitled, I Am. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.